Brotaku Men of Culture Games Weekly Episode 10 recorded December 30th, 2019. This is our last show of 2019. We're recording about 3:40 in the afternoon. I am your host Aaron, joined as always by my co-host Jordan. Hello. We're almost here, bud. The end of the year, the end of the decade. Yeah, I've been, I've been seeing a lot of this stuff on Facebook and stuff like that, like show the decade stuff like that, especially for like anime and stuff, like different genres and things. And I'm like, wow, this is this is a long, a decade's a long time. <laughs> really, when you think about it, like I've graduated high school, I've graduated college. I've gotten a job. Like, I, yeah. I've done a lot in 10 years. It's, it's about half my <laughs> life right now. Like, give or take a, a few years is oh, what gosh, a decade That is. makes me feel old. <laughs> Not that I'm much older than you, but enough. Yeah, you are. I mean, you heard uh, Nick Bogey. He, like, babysat me at one point. And I bet he feels old Yeah, but he's time. an 80s kid. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I feel old. He's actually old. Right? Sorry, Nick. I love you. No, actually, no. <laughs> I'm not sorry. You're old, dude. All right. We're here today. We've got a big show. I'm going to try to mess with the volume settings a little bit here. So sorry if you got a spike in your ear holes. But we've got a big show for you today. We're going to be talking about PS4 controller add-ons. We're going to be talking about The Witcher which I just realized I completely spelt wrong every single time and I typed it multiple out. Multiple times. You were consistently yep, wrong very the consistent. entire time. Um, we've got our first email question, and we're going to be talking about our top games of this year. But first, Jordan, we'll start as always. What have you been playing, my friend? I've I finished up Three Houses, Fire Emblem. All four playthroughs? No. This is the first one. Okay. It took, it took well, about. 15. I don't know with you sometimes. I mean, it's true. You I could have just could've... disappeared into the darkest recesses of your house. And... Well, here's the thing. I did. I have fifty plus hours <laughs> for and... one playthrough. For one playthrough. Is there anything that makes you think that like follow up playthroughs would be faster? Absolutely. I'm glad you okay. asked because there's a new game plus mode. Okay, so you get to bring some stuff in with you. So I realized on the final battle of. The, like of my playthrough, I was like, "Wow, I'm really underleveled for like Fire Emblem things." Blah blah blah, and and I'm like, "Man, I really want to start a new playthrough and see if I could do it better this time." Because I didn't really know I didn't do things optimally the first time, and I'm like, "Oh wait, my my friend just told me about the new game plus where uh, you get to keep these statue levels. So throughout the game, you can uh, level up these statues, and they give you bonuses depending on how much uh, you unlocked throughout the game, and you get to keep those levels." When you go to a different uh, a different playthrough, your next playthrough, and these levels will do things like they'll boost like your sword skills or like your magic skills. Like they boost the amount of uh, experience you gain. They boost um, how much skill experience you gain. Like you can you can level up swords faster or magic faster, stuff like that. So you get to keep those levels, and then there's another part where you get to keep you get to unlock some of the stuff that you had unlocked in your first playthrough. So, for me, I spent a lot of time leveling up these, like, I guess you would call them social links. Like, um, like from Persona and stuff like that. Like, how people feel about you. Because there's a romance options in the games and stuff like that, Ooh too. La la. So, you can just, like, unlock everything if you wanted to. But there's points associated with it that you earn from completing the game. And you can use those points to buy back some of the stuff that you unlocked 
throughout your playthroughs. The game doesn't get harder unless you wanted to, if you want to bump up the difficulty, but it allows you to keep some of those things that you had previously unlocked so you don't have to spend time on it. So there's this thing called Professor Level, where it increases the amount of time you can spend exploring and doing using the facilities and stuff like that, spending time with your students. And I played the whole game and you can get up to like S plus rank. And I got up to B plus and I'm like, okay, I, I spent a lot of time with, you know, trying to get this level up. I don't know how I could have grinded it up to get to where I need to be by the end of the game. Well, you could just spend like a couple of points and you can just put that onto your first playthrough. Gotcha. Okay. So the first uh, day that you, you get your free time, you can go out and like you can cook and like spend time with people and stuff like that. Your first level that you get usually, you can only pick one facility out of all of those. You get, I started with seven with New Game Plus. I was running out of things to do. I started eating with everyone and I, I'm like, this is way too much time. So you get to keep those things and it's making things a lot easier. Even though the game itself, the difficulty hasn't changed. It allows you to focus on more of the things that you put off to the side so you complete the story of the next one. Well, I mean, especially if it took you 50 hours to get through the game. That would yes. be a big ass to ask you to do that three more times. It, yeah, and it's <clears throat> it was partially my fault because I played on the hard difficulty right off the bat before I knew any of the changes they made. Because I'm like, I played two Fire Emblem games before. I kind of know how this works, right? And it still took a long time. And I talked to Seth and I was like, because he's playing on... Uh, classic normal so his difficulty is fine but if someone dies on his plate they're done they're done it's permadeath i'm playing casual hard so the difficulty's higher but you get to keep your people yeah even they just retreat if yeah, you die. and we, we talked about that that's how i would prefer to play it too yeah it's, because you can definitely tell in some of those scenes um when they're all talking with each other like everyone is speaking like at one time, like they're not really talking with each other; they're just saying what they're they're supposed to say, and um, those are the points where you would probably realize when people are missing. Like if if everyone's dead and there's only like the two main people that can't physically die, or the game ends, um, it, it gets a little sad and boring. So I'm glad they ended, uh, they added the new game plus feature because I'm using the heck out of that right now, and I don't have to spend as much time on other silly stuff. And now I can really break my characters in. Oh, Doctor. Yeah, so that's all the time for video games that I've had this past week. It's all been right. a busy week. Yeah, no, it, it has been with Christmas and stuff like that. Merry Christmas to everybody. New Year's coming up pretty quick. Uh, because of that, I've really only been playing two games. Uh, again, m more games that I can just kind of fit in on a busy schedule, of course. I always make time for good old World of Warcraft Classic. Why wouldn't I? Come on, it's me. And you started your new character, right? Yeah, so I started my warrior up. And I'm almost caught up to you. I'm level 19. Mike's running one of our Dungeons and Dragons buddies through Wailing Caverns, so we gotta get we gotta get in on. That. I gotta get on that train. I yeah. haven't done a dungeon yet in in classic. I'm, so I'm I'm 19. I'll catch up to you pretty quick, and then we. I mean, by the time I get to 22, we'll probably be ready to start getting SFK runs going. So which I'm excited for because I've I've lived long enough to see all the different parts of Shadowfang. As it came out, and Shadowfang Keep is a dungeon in World of Warcraft that's like has a lot of werewolves and and undead and stuff like that, and um, it's it's most of my memories of the early twenties is, is in Shadowfang Keep, and then they had the I started in Wrath of the Lich King, 
And then when they switched to Cataclysm, they changed it. Yeah, and then that's they when changed they updated it again. And borrowed it up level. I, was it the cat? I, yeah, I think Cataclysm was the one where that was an endgame dungeon, too. Yes, it was a heroic. Yeah, because they made that in Dead Minds a heroic version at 85, I think, was the max level. And they made 80, them 85. difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they did. They were very difficult. Cataclysm heroics punched you in the teeth. And I loved it. Much like leveling a warrior. <laughs> Tell me about so that. So I leveled. I leveled my first character was a hunter. That's the easiest way to level. I've gone to the exact opposite side of the spectrum. I am missing like every four swings, and it's just it's so great. I hit once out of every five times. Everything like just hits me like a truck. Yeah, your rage bars in real life. Yeah, when you get to use yeah, it. Yeah, basically, <gasps> uh, you're just basically like. Auto swing. If you hit, you get to cast a move. If you don't, well, you're just screwed. <laughs> but um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, it's it's forcing me to talk to people and be all like, "Hey, you want to just go do this simple quest with me?" Like, I'm excited to catch up to you so I can stop talking to other people. <laughs> yes, uh, which is funny because part of the reason I like the game so much is it forces you to talk to other people. But sometimes you just want to get on and rock a couple things out yourself. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about because this isn't really a prominent thing when you're playing like a spellcaster or if you're playing even a hunter you don't have to worry about it as much you still do but how do you feel about the weapon skill um levels that you have to get uh it's definitely something to think about so i ran a a um what's the one rage fire chasm that's the first dungeon that the horde gets to run and i was i got invited to the group as a tank and i was like oh crap i gotta level up my weapon skill luckily there was only four people and they were still looking for someone so I just started whacking on things, leveling up my weapon skill. It's definitely something you got to be more, more aware of as a as a warrior because you just can use every weapon. So you never know when your staff is going to be better or you're going to get like a random two-handed sword that's better. So definitely, one of the first things I did was went around to all the major cities and I got I trained up all my skills. Luckily, I had the advantage of my warrior being my alt, so I could just send him some money from the the hunter just to make sure that was taken care of, which is really nice. And, I mean, basically, I'm just flopping back and forth as I get a better weapon. Luckily, at this point, I've gotten... Because I'm leveling arms right now. I'm going to switch to prot when I catch up to you, mainly just for dungeon purposes. And then, even if we're just out questing, it'll be nice. I can just hold things off you, and then you can nuke them down as a mage. Oh, please and thank you. But um, it's been nice right now, because I just... I switch and, you know, I get a little bit and then, you know, I might have an axe and then I'll get a sword and I'll level up a little bit and I'll get back to an axe. So it's not like, luckily everything's moving up pretty evenly right now, aside from pole arms, because you don't start getting those till later in the game. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's around the same time that you get your first, like, shoulder pads too. Yeah, but definitely, like, right now when I I tanked that Razor, um, that Ragefire Chasm, I was using an axe and I got a sword, a one-handed sword to drop out of there. And I haven't even started my one-handed sword stuff yet. So, like, before we'd run a dungeon, I would be sitting out there smacking a couple things beforehand. I mean, it really doesn't take that long for it to get to a useful point, at least early on. I mean, I'm sure when you are when you try to do something 0 to 300, it can take a while, but I'm just trying to keep up on it. And actually, that reminds me, like, weapon skill is something I need to do on my hunter still, because it is still worth it to have your melee weapon skills all the way level That's up. why I said it, you still have to worry about it, but not as prevalent as... As a warrior, where your upgrade, you might be not be able to use the weapon that you picked up as an upgrade until you start leveling it up a bit. Exactly. Yep. And then, aside from that, um, the only other game I've been playing is Madden 19. Really? Uh, so I got um, 
and I've had an Xbox 360 wireless controller plug-in for the computer for a long time, but I finally got this um, from my girlfriend's dad for Christmas. I forgot exactly what it's called, It's but it's a controller adapter that I can basically plug any controller into wirelessly. Really? So I can, I like I've started, been able, I've been able to use my PS4 controller. That and the actual NFL playoffs are coming up, and that always gets me more into football. Go Packers. Secured that number two seed. <laughs> Probably the worst number two seed of all time, but hey, they're there. It's I, I've got myself hyped up. Probably going to be... <laughs> The Saints are probably going to come to town and rip my heart out, but it's it is what happens. But um, anyway, uh, basically all I do in Madden is I play the franchise mode and I make myself a quarterback. I'm currently the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. You're doing what everyone has done in every Madden game yeah. so far. Yeah, but it's the best way to play it. Yep. So right now I'm the quarterback <laughs> for the Detroit Lions and. What's funny about this is I make up these stories on my own in my head. Because, like, when I started this character, I played two seasons for the Green Bay Packers. I got, got a little bored, and I was like, eh, where am I going next? I'm going to be a cowboy. So I make I make up this story in my head where, like, I played two years for Green Bay only because Aaron Rodgers was, like, seriously injured for two years, and then he got better, and then they were all like, you got to go, even though I won them two Super Bowls, you know? My character <laughs> never hasn't won the Super Bowl, but I keep making up these stories in my head. So, like, then I was a journeyman. I won a Super Bowl for Dallas, but then Dak Prescott was back, and then I went to New England. I won a Super Bowl for them, but then uh, Tom Brady came back, and I went to Carolina, and I won a Super Bowl for them, and then... Their quarterback came back, Cam Newton, and I was uh, like, finally, when I signed a deal with the Detroit Lions, I was like, I want a team that wants me for me. <laughs> I've won five Super Bowls with four different teams. I should stay in one spot. And currently, me and the Detroit Lions are 11 and 0. Excellent. We just whooped up on the Packers at home. That kind of hurt me personally. Wow, but you've come full circle. Yeah, well, I, I, I whooped them, and I made sure to put up 70 points on them. Because seventy I, points. Yeah, well, I'm playing on easy mode, but <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Crazy story about this game. Like, I'm okay at Madden games typically. The like medium difficulty in this game, I throw interceptions like all the time. So I'm just like, mm, no. So like, I'm never in like a risk of losing. That's why I'm eleven and zero. But at the same time, it's like. Sometimes I throw these throws and it's like, it's perfect. And then the guy like glitches halfway across the screen and intercepts the ball. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not no. But, um, yeah, that's what I've been playing, Jordan. So, let's move on to some news. Very light news week. Kind of had to stretch a little to get things, but we have five news items for you. We'll start, as always, as we do with Sony news. Number one, do you wish your PS4 controller had more buttons, just like an Xbox Pro controller? Well, you're in luck. According to Game Informer's Brian Shea, Sony has announced the back button attachment for their PS4 controllers. Marketed to hardcore gamers as the back button attachment, it adds two programmable back buttons, much like the uh, scuff controller, which is like a controller that's been like horribly disconfigured to like have like back buttons. So basically, like think of it as like on the back of your controller where your hands are resting, there'd be two more buttons back there. <clears throat> I think I've seen one of those before in in person when I um when I went to Hollywood Video one time. I think they were selling some that had like I mean this thing was jury rigged to all heck, man. Like. There were two, like, arcade buttons that you would see, like, at the very, very bottom of this uh, of this Xbox controller. I'm like, why would you... Just, why? Well, and I've actually been reading, like, again, 
they're marketing this towards hardcore gamers or people that want to be hardcore, you know? And that's, like, a lot of people are all like, people already have this, like, a controller that can do this if they care. But it's kind of neat to have the official thing. The attachment comes with an OLED screen that shows what two buttons are programmed to the back buttons. So, like, obviously, it's not like it's adding buttons. You can just change, like... For example, in shooters, this would be nice. Like you can, like if you're the jump buttons on circle, you can just program it to the back, and it would be more natural to hit. So you I don't see. have to. So you don't have to take your thumb basically off the stick. And I mean, that's really that. I, I think that's nice because that's a big complaint of mine in console gaming is just you're constantly moving that right hand off the stick to hit other buttons. Um, the add-on will, however, plug into the controller through its 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. But it has its own on the thing itself, so you're not going to lose access to the headset through this method. Uh, the attachment will launch on January 23rd and retail for $29.99 US dollars. Can it also program uh, macros of like two buttons being pushed together at the same time? I have no idea. That would be something great to look into if you cared, but that would make... I feel like that would make sense. Like I, I can think of a couple of things off the top of my head where that would be interesting. Even in like Monster Hunter, there's a bunch of combinations or fighting games. But if you're serious, if you're a hardcore gamer and if you're doing fighting games, you'll probably just buy a uh, a box uh, sticking stick right. button. Yeah. But no, I, I mean it's a neat option. I'm just I'm a little like why is this coming now? Like I feel like they should just make the PS5 controller had the standard. Over. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, just wait for, like, just have the PS5 have this built in, and that would be a big selling point for it. I feel a little extra spending money. I guess, and it's for the PS4, right? It, is yeah. it going to be which compatible I mean, to fa- the PS5? Uh, they haven't quite. I don't know if they've said either way. I know the PSVR is going to be compatible with the PS5. I don't know if they've said the controllers for the PS4 will be. But to your point, PS4 is one of the best-selling consoles of all time, so it's not like everybody's going to instantly have a PS5, so you want to try to milk the bigger install base. Yeah. Right on. Number two, moving into Microsoft news. Microsoft have announced their Games with Gold for January 2020 via a video posted everywhere they post those type of videos to. Through the entire month of January, you can pick up Xbox One games Sticks Shadow of Darkness, and from January 16th until February 15th, you'll be able to pick up the first season of Telltale's Batman. On the Xbox 360 side of things, you will have access from to Tekken 6 from the beginning of the month until the 15th, and from the 16th until the 31st, Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy, will be available. Unlike the PlayStation Plus service, all these games will be yours to keep and play even if your gold membership expires, and a friendly reminder that all Xbox 360 games offered this way are backwards compatible on your Xbox One X. You got any interest in those games? Uh, none of those specifically. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've been able to get like the complete Star Wars game for free on like Epic Store recent-ish. I don't. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. Those games are free all the time. Lego games kind of lost their charm pretty quick for me. Like they were so unique when they first started, but then just like everybody got one. Lord of the Rings got one. Star Wars got one. Harry Potter got one, and it was just like enough. Nothing I'm will done. ever top Lego Island for me. So, yeah, and, and, yeah, they have better <laughs> Lego games. Um, again, I think this proves though, like Xbox is really setting themselves up for a good next generation. I think their services are just. I mean, Sony has the games, and that ultimately is what going to bring is what what will bring people in. But if Xbox can get the games, especially with their recent studio acquisitions, 
Sony's going to be in trouble because they have the services for sure. Like, Games Pass, the it working like this. Because, like, I have a bunch of free games through PlayStation Plus, a lot that I like, but I'm not going to play pay for PlayStation Plus just to play some of these games. Yeah, but Aaron, what what? remember what happens to Xbox when they get too big for their bridges. <laughs> the same thing that happened to Sony when they got too big on the PS2 and then went to the PS3. Like, everybody's... But then the tide swapped, and then the 360 was the king for a while. And then, when we were getting to the new generation, Xbox killed themselves. So theoretically, it's Sony's turn to kill it themselves, is, It right? is Sony's turn to serve. It is. The ball's in their court. Well, it'll be Do they keep the advantage, or...? I don't think they're going to completely, like, drop the ball, but I definitely think with... Like I said, they're just... Xbox Game Pass, that's going to be hard to keep up with. I mean, especially if they just keep, like, every new game they put out, Xbox, you're just going to have it for... They're going to have to keep that new service because they can't get rid of it because they need that goodwill back from the people after they first announced the Xbox One and all the stuff that they try to pull off there. TV, 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 sports, Call of Duty. TV, TV, sports, Call of Duty. Games with other people, you know. 500 bucks, PS4 was stronger and was $100 (laughs) cheaper. That was a crazy E3. I know we've talked about that before, but if you haven't, like seriously, watch that little chunk. Because originally, the Xbox, you weren't supposed to be able to share games because it always had to be connected to the internet. And like, Jack Trenton and Shuhei Yoshida, not Jack Trenton, um, Adam Boys and Shuhei Yoshida, big PlayStation names. I don't think, uh, Shuhei is still with the company, but Adam Boys I know has moved on. They made a video, it was all like, how to share games on your PS4. <laughs> they just and they it. hand the game to him and he's like, thanks. <laughs> like, it was crazy. And then they announced $100 cheaper, it was like, Stop, they're dead already. Yeah, no. Like the Xbox, Xbox killed Xbox. Yes, it did. Uh, anyway, moving on into the other section of news. Unsurprisingly, it seems as though one of 2019's best games has a sequel on the way. IGN's Logan Plant. I don't know if maybe something autocorrected weird there. Plan, plant. Either way, Logan, what's up? Reports that a job listing at Respawn is seemingly pointing towards a sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The listing is for a senior software engineer for the team that made this, made Star Wars and says, quote, looking for someone passionate about the Star Wars universe who is invigorated by the idea of coding third-person action-adventure games, end quote. While a new Star Wars game in the Star Wars Jedi line has yet to be officially confirmed, it seems crazy to think that with the success of the game that EA wouldn't be hungry for Respawn to get another game out as soon as possible considering their exclusivity exclusivity license with Disney for the Star Wars games is already over half over. Do you think it's going to be a sequel? Oh yeah. Like, I feel like that was probably already like I, I feel like they probably knew they had something good enough when they were pushing this out that it was probably greenlit before the game actually came out honestly. And I mean literally it's the Star Wars team saying we want somebody who's passionate about Star Wars to work on a third-person action game. Like, Maybe it might be something different. I mean, I suppose it could be, but I have a hard time believing it, especially with Respawn. We know that EA does have at least another single-player Star Wars game in the works. I forgot what studio has it, but it'll be interesting to see. I hope they turn it around, because, I mean, from all from everything I've heard, Battle Battlefront 2 is better now. Because we just bullied a big company into taking microtransactions out. And then uh, finally they got a hit with a single player game. It just sucks that it's taken them so long to do this. I was about to say, they known Man Skyed themselves. This like, should have been a slam dunk. 
Yeah, like, it should have been. EA has un- EA has tons of money. They have some good studios. Like all you had to do is make the Star Wars games we want. Instead, they kept trying to make a multiplayer game and put mu- microtransactions in it. Like to the point where Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, had to call them and be like, "Why is Star Wars getting bad press from you guys?" And that's <laughs> when they Wars, shut it down. Yeah. I guess Disney for the for all those Disney haters, I guess they did do something pretty nice. And that's uh, take the corporate greed a little bit back from uh, EA. Made them a little bit better of a company for this game. Yeah, and like I said, we'll we'll see. Uh, uh, it seems like EA isn't necessarily changing. It just seems like Respawn and Vince Sampella, their studio head, has such a big cojones that he can just swing it all over EA and they're all like, okay, do what you want. So <laughs> I think they're the outlier, not necessarily the beacon of hope that everybody seems to think they are. No, you're right. I I said it ironically because I know EA is just, it's it's evil. They're evil. Like they're they're not going to change their ways. It's they're the they're the antagonist. I was like, no, we're friends now, right? <laughs> and then they stab you in the back because of course they were. Yeah. The, the next the next one will have a multiplayer suite and microtransactions and unlockable uh, with purchase Ewok companion. Maybe a battle pass, something I would, like I that. Would buy that Ewok companion. <laughs> there we go. He strikes again. <laughs> the Empire strikes back <laughs> once more. All right, we're going to finish up with two items of Witcher news. Number four, the launch of Netflix, The Witcher, has seemed to have quite an impact on the amount of people playing The Witcher 3 again, or for the first time. This information comes from PC Game End's Dustin Bailey, who reports that on Steam alone, concurrent players hit 85,038 players on December 28th, bringing it in line with launch day numbers, which peaked at 92,268 concurrent players. Apparently, even the first two games have been significantly boosted in numbers, although um, the most recent and popular entry in the series boasts the most impressive numbers. If if you yourself want to check out The Witcher 3, it is on sale right now on Steam for $11.99, but for an extra couple bucks at $14.99, you can get all the expansions, including Blood and Wine, which is basically a whole other game. The sale only runs until Wednesday, however, so you'll need to head over the day this episode goes live if you want to take advantage of that specific deal. Have you played any of the Witcher games? I've played Witcher 3 a bit. Okay. And we've talked about it before where I just get overwhelmed with how much stuff they put on the map so quickly. Yes. I have played the first Witcher game, and wow. You're hardcore. It is It is rough. You're hardcore. <laughs> it is. I'm not playing on any higher difficulty or anything like that, and... It is a very, very rough game. And I, uh, it's like the exact opposite of Witcher 3 where I think they give too much direction in Witcher 1. And in Witcher 3, they don't have enough, apparently, from what I'm seeing people. Which isn't, uh, it's not a negative. People love the freedom of Witcher 3. Well, and I mean, they tell you where to go. It's just, you get so easy to get distracted. I mean, as we talked about with Skyrim last week, you know how it is. It's like... Go fight the dragons. Or I can help this guy who's stuck at the bottom of a well. <laughs> <laughs> but that person at the bottom of the well might be a Daedric Lord. Yeah, so that's you never know. Exactly. But in the first Witcher game, it's, it's for the most part, linear. Uh, besides the fact that you don't know which area you're supposed to be okay in. So I got the next part of a quest. Like, I, 
I went to this quest, and it's supposedly the the story mode, storyline quest, whatever like that. And then I immediately get railed by all these different monsters and stuff like that. Instantly, just get popped. I get slaughtered, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to be in this area yet. You know, as you do when you go when you go exploring and you go somewhere that's too big for your britches, you level up and doing all the other side quests and stuff like that. I did everything else. I'm still getting hit by these things. I don't even know if they level up, if they uh, scale or anything like that, or what I'm supposed to be doing. But the game is rough, and I read strategy guides, and they agree. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, do I just go to the second game? How do I beat I... this boss? Good luck. There's no play. There's no like walkthrough. I mean, playthroughs on it either, and like YouTube. Because if there's a game that I'm like, I'm kind of interested in, but I'm like, I'm not gonna buy it. But I'd like to see what it's about. I'll watch a playthrough of it on on YouTube or something like that. But as far as I know, I don't see a lot of like big YouTube names playing the first Witcher game. So yeah, Witcher one and two definitely didn't do as well. Witcher three is where it came in the mainstream and actually brings us to story number five. Yes. Um, if you've ever, if you've played the Witcher games and enjoyed them, we have good news. As developer CD Project Red and author of the books Andrei Sapkowski, I looked that up on how to say that, <laughs> go me, have come to a new agreement on the licensing for the Witcher in video games after a legal case was filed in 2018. My information comes from GameSpot's Steve Watts. In 2018, following a massive commercial success with Witcher 3, Sapkowski filed uh, a legal claim for $16 million citing a Polish act on copyright-related acts when the original deal was too low or unfair for the rights holder. So basically, he got paid $9,500 US dollars for the first two Witcher games. That was it. Because that's what he sold it for. He didn't believe in games. So he was just like, whatever. So when the third game blew up and made them a ton of money, he was all like, hey, What's up, guys? I, I want some more money. <laughs> um, so, Sede, uh, where? Oh, man, I just lost my spot. Sede uh, Product Red has always treated the whole ordeal um, with class, and they've respected Sepkowski and understand where he was came, coming from, but of course, they tried to fight it because apparently Poland is the only place that has this. Like, if this was in the United States, you would just be told, well, tough luck, bud. Like, yeah, you exactly. Sold it. That's what I was thinking just, just now. However, uh, CEO Adam Kaczynski, I didn't look that one up, but that sounds right, said the following uh, Said the following, following the settlement news. Quote, We have always admired Mr. Andrei Sapkowski's work, a great inspiration for the team here at Sede Project Red. I believe today marks a new stage in our continued relationship. End quote. Although Sede Project Red has always said they were not leaving the Witcher franchise for good, it seems with this new relationship and the success of the Netflix show, there's a very good chance that we could see the return of Geralt in video game form once the developer is done with work on next year's hotly anticipated Cyberpunk 2077. I know we're going to talk about like business practices later in the episode, but in my thought process, it was just like, sorry, you need to be your, you need to be your, um, your project's first fan. And when you do that, you have to believe in it to a certain point, And you thought it was worth $9,500. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Apparently though, it was just supposed to be for one game and they did two more. So he had a little bit of leg to stand on there in my mind. 
Um, but it, yeah, it is kind of a it is kind of a bummer that like because this guy like apparently the like author of Cyberpunk is like super pumped like he's so excited that his world is getting turned into a video game. So it is kind of disappointing to hear that this guy was just like. Yeah, whatever. I don't expect it to do well here to have the license. And I mean, he was right for two games. Like, he didn't complain about the first two games. And then when the third one took off, that's when he was all like, money, please. Um, but yeah. Do you know, I don't think you'll know this, but uh, The Witcher 3, is it based off any of the novels or is it on its own? I have no idea. I don't have any idea. Because if he didn't have any, like, he wasn't, like, a creative director or anything like that, or he wasn't even an executive producer, right. he was just the creator of the series, you gave them... I'm assuming the reason why they got a second game out without needing, you know, his consent was because he didn't even look at the deal. Now, I know the Netflix show, on the other hand, uh, that is based off the books. Yes, and who's the main actor playing Geralt Henry? He played Superman. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Um, the author has said, this is Geralt now. Like, he's like, I love him. Like, I think he does a great job. Like, this is when people think of Geralt, he is who I want them to think of. And uh, it was really funny listening to Henry Cavill talk on a Netflix interview. They were all like, they got him going. And he was talking about how he's a gamer. Apparently, when he got the call for Superman, he was too busy playing World of Warcraft yeah. to answer the call. They talked about, but that. they were all like, "So the guy interviewing was all, it was all like, so are you a PlayStation gamer or an Xbox gamer?'" And like a boss, he's just like PC. <laughs> I actually knew about that. One of us. One of us. Yes, there's <laughs> actually a lot of um, celebrity gamers out there that people don't talk about a lot. Uh, off the top of my head, I know uh, Cameron Diaz and uh, Mila Kunis. They both play World of Warcraft. Mila Kunis, I think, talked about... No, it wasn't Mila Kunis. It was... Um... Oh, gosh, what's her name? Felicia Day. Felicia Day, yeah. Uh, she she always talks about how she was the gnome tank for Twin Emps in her guild. Yeah. yeah so they... she was, like, hardcore. You could do a lot of throwbacks with those sort of, uh, with those, those sort of people. Uh, I know... Um, Mila Kunis and Felicia Day, hit us up. We want to do an episode <laughs> with you about World of Warcraft back in the day. Yeah, I, I mean, they're Alliance players, but whatever. Um, I mean, that's fine. I'll, <laughs> I will set my differences aside. You're going to pass. Uh, and also Robin Williams, too. He's got a... Rest he's, in peace. Yes, rest in peace. He also has... What's it called? Uh, it's not a shout-out. I guess it would be kind of a shout-out. They put the genie in the game based off him and i heard stories about him like trolling the heck out of the baron's chat back during vanilla like that was his thing i'm like i could see him doing that and i mean even just video games in general like his daughter is named after zelda from the yes. legend of zelda and when people would ask him hey what's your daughter named that uh, what who's your daughter named after it's like is it like zelda uh what's like the you can't even name anyone else. It has to be Zelda. And he's like, yes, it's from Zelda. The Legend of Zelda series is the princess. She was named after the princess. He's got to constantly just enunciate it, too. And she's got to answer those questions herself. Because I believe... I think it was, like, one of the Knights of the Round... I think it was King Arthur's wife was named Zelda. And I think that's what people ask her. And, like, no, it's it's the video game one. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> Nerds. All right, Jordan, let's move on to something very exciting. We've got Ooh. our first email question today. Our question comes from Matt Check. Hey, Aaron and Jordan. 
I've got a question for you two. What is your opinion on the, quote, game, end quote, Star Citizen, and their, in my opinion, horrible business practices? For example, they had ships that you can buy for thousands of dollars, but it was only concept art of the ships and not an actual in-game model. Or the fact that they spent crowdfunded dollars on a space door for their office. Anyway, love the podcast and keep doing what you're doing. Matt, thank you for your question. Jordan, what do you know about this? I did a little bit of research today and wrote some notes down. I watched a YouTuber named Dan Giesling play Star Citizen, and I wasn't really familiarizing myself with the concepts, but I know much about it. And what he, um, what Matt is saying is what I know of Star Citizen is the fact that it's just it's just money. It's like Eve. Right. So here's what I wrote down. Uh, so the game started. Um, it was made by or the idea was made by Chris Roberts who was known for Wing Commander so a man who's been known to put out a quality product he started in 2011 his company called Cloud Imperium Games which launched the Kickstarter for this game in 2012 the 2012 Kickstarter completed earning 6.2 million dollars but then he came out and said listen guys this was just to make my proof of concept he's like we can stop here and I can go get investors or we can keep going and make $23 million and not need any outside investors. Apparently there was like some crazy lopsided vote, but like 80% of people are like, no, let's keep going. We don't need the investors. So they kept the Kickstarter open. That was completed on October 18th, 2013. However, in 2012, during the kicks, the initial Kickstarter, they said about two years and we'll be able to get this game out. Money back if it's not done by then. Like, you can request a refund. I heard about this. However, people have had to fight for their refunds yeah. if they've decided they want it. Like, to the point where they have to basically be all like, listen, it's the law, buddy. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Um, as part of the continued Kickstarter that has never really ended, like, they're still taking in money through different methods... Um, they promised Squadron 42, which is a single-player game in the universe in 2014. Like I said, they promised it then. That's not due out till Q2 2020. But it, they still haven't delivered the initial game that was due out in 2014 originally. Uh, the game does, however, I will admit, look interesting. Like, it is a game. Like, they're not... This guy is totally, like taking your money and like yeah. milking you dry but he is giving you a game yes yeah, some of it so like it is a scam but you are getting some out of it and then to make all of this matters worse like the community that has decided that they will defend this game are toxic af and they like just bash any like unless you're basically all like please pull down your trousers and allow me to perform pleasure for you um but I think this may be wrong. But please, no, don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> Unless you present it like that, they just like tear anybody apart who tries to like bash this game in any sort of it's any, got quite any the manner. Cult following, that's for sure. Yeah, and like I said, I've I've looked up, I watched some videos of it today and stuff. So like, there's definitely a game. So I don't think it's like a super scam, but it is kind of sketchy when you're going on. What is this now? Seven years without performing a game. And you're buying a space door for your office, which I also looked up. That space door is dope. 
I too would have bought one for my office with your money. <laughs> I mean, for a long time, I, I now that you started talking about it, it's 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 picking up some steam in my head about uh, Star Citizen was like the flagship of like we had this whole like early access beta in video game. It was definitely Kickstarter in its heyday. Like, this is when it really first started getting going as a platform. And we're still kind of in the recesses of it right now where uh, you get an immediate, well, it's it's not our problem, by just slapping on the the word uh, early access or beta. And these games will stay, they're functional games. By by every stretch of the imagination, they're, they're functional. And even if they were to fully release it and just keep adding stuff on, it would be fine. Uh, but these these games that are coming out nowadays are giving you this proof of concept thing, and everyone loves it, and then they just keep it in purgatory forever, where you can play it, and then they keep just keep getting money off of it and stuff like that, but they're free of all blame because they have the title uh, Early Access or Beta. It's like, hey, it's not a completed game yet. Fortnite? For all the for all the traction that it's gotten and all the popularity and everything, still early still access. Still theoretically early access. Yep. It's crazy that Fortnite is a full game. I don't know. I don't care what anyone else says. It's it's one of the most like well developed games, and it's got a great cycle on it, and it's still early access. And I read a theory behind that, and I'm pretty sure Epic could circumvent this, like because they're Epic. But I, the theory I'd read on that is, if your game is official, when you go, when you patch it through Xbox, uh, my, Xbox, Microsoft, and Nintendo, Xbox, Microsoft, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo, um, the sort if you have an actual game, the certification process is longer. As where if your game is in early access, you can just keep pushing updates whenever you want. You don't have to cert your patching process. So just basically, it doesn't have to go through testing, but I mean, literally, like this, Fortnite's still the biggest game in the world right now. Like you could get around that. So I agree with you there. Um, back to this though. Basically, basically where I fall on it, Matt, is this is a scam. Yes, they're charging thousands of dollars for spaceships, spaceships in a video game, and yes, some of them are just concept art for these spaceships. They. They say, like, this is going to be in-game, but literally, you're just, like, you're... Some people are spending, like, $5,000 for a picture of a spaceship right now that they might get someday in-game. Might not. Who knows? But, um, they are getting a game. It looks a lot like No Man's Sky. Like, you could just go play No Man's (laughs) Sky. So, this promises to be a big MMO, which No Man's Sky isn't, but... I don't know. I feel like if this game had come out in 2012, it might have been impressive, or 2014, whenever it was originally announced, but I just, I don't see the big appeal in this game. Like I said, it looks okay, but that's about it. (laughs) I think, in my opinion, uh, what I would say is, no one is saving up five grand to buy that concept art spaceship. No one. The ones that are, are buying that concept art spaceship are the ones that have five grand. They can just... If somebody donates five grand to us, I will gladly make a video <laughs> of us buying that five grand concept art spaceship. You know what? And there you go, too. It's not the people that... The people that want it are the ones that don't have the money for it. The people that want it are the ones that have it, and it, it wouldn't change their life at all. 
And that's kind of what rich people do. Uh, it's what they do. And I don't know. Money's weird in video games now. It's a big... It, it was a topic for 2016, and it is now. And it's even more so now because people are starting to believe, like, hey, look, if we're going to give you the $60 for a AAA game, we want to see results. We want to get our money's worth for it. Otherwise, we're going to refund it. Right now on Steam, promotion ends January 2nd. You can buy No Man's Sky for $30. The exact same price, I think, is the earliest entry point into this other game that's been in development for seven years. So just buy No Man's Sky at this point because No Man's Sky, even according to the Steam reviews recently, very positive. Like, they've turned this game around. Yeah. Like, good on Hello Games for that. I actually kind of do want to try this again. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That, that great video. I'm pretty sure I've showed it to you before. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It's, it shows the original E3 trailer. It's like, welcome to Jurassic Park. And then it shows like the, how the game launched. And it was like this derpy dinosaur walking around. It's like... <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you for your question, Matt. Um, I, I liked this because it made me do a little bit of research into something. I, I, I knew of Star Citizen as a thing. I knew it was pretty shady. But like it was nice to have something to look into and yeah, learn about. Yeah, I knew about it back in the day, and then it took some reminding to to bring back the. It was an issue for a long time, and it the whole green was didn't Steam have a project called like Project Greenlight or something like that? Yeah. And then yeah. after it, this and so many issues happened, people were just like, "No, it's people are are getting scammed off this." Well, thing. and people we were basically paying people to pass their games through Greenlight, so yeah, it kind of defeated the purpose. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Like I said, thank you, Matt, for your question. If you wanted to email us, Jordan, where could you do that? You can do that at brotakumoc at gmail.com. All right. Let's finish up this show with our topic of the week, 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 week. <laughs> topic of the week this week. <laughs> kind of with how long the last episode ended up being, I'm glad we did it the way we did it, but kind of less exciting than topic or like top 10 games of the decade. We're just going to go our game of the year. Uh, so we've got our top five games of the year specifically. I don't know what your list is because you never add to the documents. So I'm excited to see if we have something that shares, maybe we could crown an official game of the year or we'll just have a co-game of the year where we will give out two awards and i will tweet at them and tell them that brotaku has chosen them for their game of the year award and tell them that it's a big deal <laughs> they uh, will give them a little trophy maybe that uh that golden mario that i'll win back from you one day i'm never putting that up for wagers <laughs> so you're not gonna win that back uh anyway i will go first jordan my number five is the outer worlds um this is the one game on this list that I haven't beat, so to say. Um, I start. It's one of those games I start. I tried to get back to it, but like so much time had passed where I almost just need to restart it. Yeah. So it's as we talked about in earlier episodes is when I played this. It's basically Fallout. It's the spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas specifically. It's made by Obsidian, who made Fallout One and Two way back in the day, but those are completely different games. So it is basically the spiritual spiritual successor to Fallout, and it plays a lot better than Fallout 4 especially does. Um, <laughs> the shooting is competent enough where they don't have to have an auto-shoot 
function shoot for them. And the game is just really witty. It's a lot. It's really funny. Um, the writing is great. Like whoever at Obsidian wrote the, I'm sure there were multiple people that wrote the game, but it, it's crazy just how funny it is. And I, I never beat Fallout Four either, but I don't remember really like laughing at Fallout Four. Like this game has me like straight on laughing sometimes, like out loud, LOL. Which is what it should do if if it's in like a futuristic setting and stuff like that. It, it's supposed to be... I mean, Borderlands set a precedent. They really did. And it's not the prettiest game in the world, but the art direction, I feel, picks it up and makes it pretty. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I definitely would recommend it. It's available on basically everything. I know it's coming to Switch sometime next year, or supposed to, but as always, I always recommend Xbox Games Pass, because it's available on there. Uh, Jordan, you're number five. I'm going to be honest with you, Aaron. Uh, games that have released in 2019, I don't even think I have five of them. This was hard. I, I kind of had to dig for five. I was stretching a little. I'm going to say for... I won't say a top five, but I'll keep going pound for pound with you until I can, I literally have nothing. So my first one would probably be Pokemon Sword and Shield. And I have Shield, so I guess I would say Pokemon That would have been my number six. Honestly, before I remembered another game... I would have put that on there, but it's more just me being like a, <laughs> this game was too easy. It, it's too fresh it off was my mind, It was yeah. my pout that pushed Pokemon off the list. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is, oh, man, they had such a great concept and they just needed to wrap it with more stuff. And po- Pokemon Shield, the Wild Zone, the Wild Area could just be its own separate thing, honestly. In fact, it, it is. It it's so out of place almost when I when I feel like when I play through honestly the whole if like game. if that was the whole game I felt like it would have been better like make that even bigger because like truthfully the wild zone was a lot smaller than I was expecting yeah with how big of a deal they made about it I was like this is it you know it's it's kind of big well it, it's it, big but I was just like really it feels small because of how it it like sections itself off. I wish it had, like, one more section. Like, if it had one more section, I feel like it would have been good. But I was just, like, I was really underwhelmed with it. I feel, now that I'm thinking about it. Honestly, the more time that passes, the lower I am on these Pokemon games. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, we we talk about all the time. With the formula they have, Pokemon's Pokemon, it's not going to be bad. Yeah. I'm just like, man, I was really underwhelmed. And it's one of those things, like, I get that was our fault. Not necessarily ours, but, like, the player base at large it was our fault for expecting so much but like i'm sorry legend of zelda breath of the wild exists like we expect something now like even mario odyssey was a big step up in mario terms so it's like we expect this now like come bringing it i kind of feel like shield was this where all the concepts that um like i pushed out of uh sun and moon because uh, in Sun and Moon, you had the totem Pokemon, which are pretty much the quote-unquote gym leader challenges, whatever like that. Uh, even though there were already, like, kahunas, uh, leaders that you had to f- fight and stuff like that. But there seemed to be a wider scale of feeling in Sun and Moon going from island to island. And it felt wilder. It did. Even even the legendaries, the like, felt wilder. Like, they were more in tune with nature and stuff like that. And then you have these two concepts for Sword and Shield uh, that just don't mix. You have this wild area, and then you have civilization. You have, like, this great, this British sort of culture and stuff like that. 
and they don't really now that I think about it, they don't really fit together. And I it, it's just like, oh, here's this Pokemon game. It's pretty, you know, natural whatever like that. And then here's the rest. Here's here's the wild area. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I love this wild area. This other part of the game though, it could it you should have built more into the wild area." May, it, uh, one thing that really disappointed me was Throughout most of the Pokemon games, you would have to find these, like, three legendaries that would just go out into the world, and you have to catch them. You have to randomly pass through them, looking at your Pokedex, like, okay, where is it now? Oh, it's in this area. If I if I go around the grass long enough, maybe I'll bump into it. And then you have to, like, oh, no, I have to trap it because it's going to try to run away. And the best game they could have had that concept in, the best one, was Pokemon Sword and Shield. Imagine walking through the grass of the wild area, and then a Raikou pops up out of the corner of your eye, and you're like, whoa, what? And I, then he chases you down, or you have to chase him down. Are you kidding me? I'm assuming the idea is that they're just eventually going to add those in as raids. That would be my guess, but I could be wrong. They they could. I, I know they're they're becoming more formulaic, and, and they're releasing more stuff as the game goes on. It's like, hey, all these Pokemon can Gigantamax or whatever like that, like these specific ones, we're not going to give them all to you yet. And I'm like, why would you show me in-game what they look like and if they're here if you're not going to give it to me right now? And eh, they're like, I don't know. I guess you just have to see and wait. I'm waiting for the sequels, and that'll replace that on my list when it comes yeah. out. And like I said, honestly, like, man, I don't know. I, I feel like the game would have just done better if it was all the wild because it sucks to like be all like i can finally control the camera lol you're back in town <laughs> like it like it almost it feels to me as though these games were designed for the 3ds and then somebody's all like sorry you got to make a switch game and they were all like throw in the wild area like last second <laughs> i think they were already used to that because Sun and Moon were 3DS games, and this is what it reminds me of. It reminds me of X and Y and Sun and Moon. And then it, it just got the port with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon to Switch. And there wasn't really that much of a difference between them. It was just, like, not even graphical. It was just on a different system. And speaking of graphical stuff, because part of the... One thing they did in Sun and Moon was they updated the models for all the Pokemon to HD and said... This is so we can move them forward easier before cutting over half of them. And then we're all like, so people took those models and have already started hacking them back into this game, and they work, like, flawlessly. Like, it's, they're like, it takes almost no work, and it but just works. I don't care that they cut all those, like, half of them out of the game because it's just, it's so much below. Like I said, for me, it's just symbolic at this point because, like, they said they're all like, we're cutting these Pokemon to like make other aspects of the game better. And I'm like, what did you make better? Like, I would rather have those 400 Pokemon back and not have the wild area, for example. Like, I'm just like, I, I would it. disagree with you. The wild, like I said, the wild area has so much potential, but I'm just like, I'm so like, it just needed to be more. Like, I think the wild area works because of the cut. I feel like if all the Pokemon were left in the game. The wild area would not have worked. I feel like uh, with the weather system in place and the day and night cycle, and you can cycle all of these 400 something Pokemon through the wild area, which they do, you can pretty much catch anything you want in that wild area or in the surrounding areas and stuff like that. Every Pokemon in this game is present. Unlike the other one, you can go back to Sun and Moon, you can only have like 
maybe 15% of the entire Pokemon population in the game, and then the rest you have to bring in from other games, or you have to trade with someone. And in this game, you can just straight up catch a Gengar. Don't have to trade with anyone. You could just straight up catch a Gardevoir, which in nature, it would be a thing. And I, I'm, I'm going in the lake, and I see in my Lodic. And she's just, she's just swimming around. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to go catch that. They're all present. Instead of this huge looming number, 800, how many was it? Like 820 Better or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. You're not even going to see most of those in the other games. You didn't see all those in X and Y. You didn't see them in Sun and Moon. And I'm talking about out in the wild. Or, stick with me here, Jordan. Make the game we want and just put all the f***ing regions in the game. <laughs> <laughs> write it down. They're never going to do it. They're never going to do it, Aaron. That's a huge loss of money. But if they did, maybe if they just added one. They missed their opportunity with Sun and Moon because Sun and Moon had a huge Kanto presence. Like they talked, like the people in Sun and Moon talked like, hey, yeah, uh, the, the professor was like, yeah, I studied in Kanto. Your mom was from Kanto and she moved into the Alola uh, region and stuff like that. Just connect them. It's a, it's a boat ride away. It, it, these worlds need connections. They don't, they don't just need... There's world-changing events going on during, in these games. Like Groudon, Kyogre, and like Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. The end of the world is happening. And no one in the other regions is like, Oh, hey, it's a, it's a dark sky today. Well, there's a meteor coming to destroy the planet. And no one else from other regions are talking about it. And you know what? I think Destiny does this well. I'm at the point, sell me a $60 Pokemon game, have all the regions in it, and then sell me another 40 to $60 expansion every year. Just I'll add on to it. Yeah. They need to commit to console now. They, I think this is, what, this, this is what the game signals. You need to commit to console now. I yeah. know handheld was the way to go for a while, but you need to step up now. And like I said, yes, it is... Somebody like me expecting more, but I'm like, I'm sorry, we live in a post-Breath of the Wild world. Like, I've seen what, and I know Pokemon isn't directly Nintendo, but I've seen what Nintendo can do when you give their people time and and let them just run wild with it, no pun intended. But So it's like, it's, it, like if Pokemon's coming to console, it's time. Like, I'll give them this one. I'll give them Sword and Shield. But give them the time. freebie. Yeah. Like, take I want, a year off. Give me that step up. Take a few years off. Do whatever you need to do. The next one needs to be, uh, I won't say genre-defining. It needs my to be defining. Brain. Yes. Jordan, we need to move on. <laughs> that was a lot of time on Well, that, that was like maybe about three of mine, uh, of my ranks. Because I only <laughs> bought like three games this year. <clears throat> My number four is Apex Legends. It was a battle royale by our good friends at Respawn Entertainment. It takes place in the Titanfall universe. This game came out of nowhere, Jordan. Uh, it came out in February. We found out about it like in February. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They, they had called a couple. They had called some influence out, influencers out to play it. And the big thing with this game is it was three v three, and they were set on that. Like, or not three v three, but like th teams of three. Yeah. And it was a hero shooter in a way, so like you got to like everybody was picking a hero, and you could only have one of each in your party, so it's not like you could double up. And then like any good battle royale, you dropped in. I think they ended up getting it up to a hundred people, but originally it launched like there was only sixty people dropping onto the island, yeah, at a time. And it was it was really good. This this game, unlike Fortnite, is a first person shooter through and through. 
It's not like PUBG that gives you the option to play third person or first person. Like this is a first person shooter, just like Titanfall. And it controls very well. Like Respawn if makes games that control well. And especially with their first person shooting, they it's crisp. Like they know how to make first person shooters. Like Titanfall two is incredible. I played Titanfall one a lot. Um so I definitely think they know how to make first-person shooters, and I this was a game me, Phil, and Robert got really into it, and it we played we must have played it for like four months before we finally got a win, and that was the last time I've played it, Jordan. <laughs> but man, it was it was a lot of fun. It just for me it was always having to play with three people because the are two other people, and they have played around with solo modes or duo modes, but they've never found something they really like, so they always just take it back out. But that that was the problem for me was just I, when I play some of these games, like I'm not always with people like I don't want to play with random people because a lot of times you would just end up in a situation with that random person. You'd be like, OK, we're landing here. And that random person is like all the way on the other side of the map. And Robert and I'd be sitting here like, oh, boy, it's we're dead. And now <laughs> when we die, we got to yep. wait there for a couple of minutes while we're HP reloading in. Yeah. Yeah. And I my opinions on it are, do I like it better than Fortnite? Yes. Am I better than it at Fortnite? No. Do I feel like I could be better in it than than I am in Fortnite? Yes. Am I going to? Probably not because, you know, first-person shooters and I really don't mix for some reason. But Fortnite, the building mechanic is never something I could get around or, like, I can't get better at it. I, I've tried. I've sat down and I tried doing all the button uh, configurations and stuff to make me build faster. My brain... Does Nat Galaxy brain quick enough to make the works of art that happen during a fight? But at the same time, I'm not good enough of a shooter at Apex Legends to, to be efficient at it. Do I want to play it more? Actually, yeah, I do want to play Apex Legends more. I just don't want to die in the first couple of seconds. And, and it has gotten a little better, because especially Phil used to give me some crap, because when it first came out, I'm like, the shooting is off. Like, aiming in this game is not good. And he's all like, you just suck, Aaron. But every time they put a patch out that's all like, we fixed the hitboxes, I'm like, I got it better every time. And I'm like, mm, see, Phil, something was off. <laughs> but um, like I said, it was. Uh, it sounds like I'm complaining a lot about the game, but it was very good. And that is why it's my number four. Good, because I, I do think it's a good game. I, I just I had the same issue as you as well. I, I played with one other person, and then we had a third one that just did whatever. And we just didn't have fun playing it. We're like, yeah, maybe we'll try later. Maybe. Gosh, and I wish I had the video of our win because it was, at the very end, it was so tense because we got pushed it's into, like, hard, a backspace. Yeah. And they had somebody, like, teleporting. So, like, Phil and Robert were, like, super, like, like, they were in on the front line, like, fighting the other two guys. And I'm just running around the back, like, where is he trying to teleport in? Where is he trying to teleport in? <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Then we had that... We, we played together a little bit, and we had a really close one, too, but it wasn't because we killed anyone. It was because we were, we were careful, and we played it out. So when we were in that last circle, we were with people that were way better than us. So I remember that one, too. I, was, I fell off the cliff while shooting up an energy cell, which I didn't know you had a hold at that point in the game. I was just like, I'm, why is it not working? It's the same way... Uh, uh, totally unrelated. Uh, Star Wars uh, Battlefront 2. Uh, if you're playing the Clone Commando and you're using the Gatling gun, hold the button down. 
Because if you're just trying to click it like anything else, it's not going to work. Okay, Jordan, you're number four. My number four, if I had a pick uh, on that early access train, and I'm going to say this is a full game, even if they're adding stuff, I think it's Slay the Spire. Very good choice. I didn't even... That one didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out in 20, this I year. I think it did. It was available for Game Award games, and they yes. usually typically only allow games that are out. Yes. Uh, Slay the Spire. It's uh strategy, card building, I mean deck building kind of game, climb the tower kind of Roguelike. stuff. Roguelike. Roguelike, yeah. Each, each one of your runs is going to be different. Super fun. See, you want to start your next run immediately, even if after you, you lose the first one. Uh, they changed it so that you always get a benefit, even if you don't reach the first boss now. Oh, did they? Wow. Yeah, That's but nice. if you reach the first boss, you get a better one. So if you don't get it, you'll get like... Yeah, I feel like I always made it really far or not far at all. Exactly. You're gonna either you're either going to hit a roadblock pretty quick, or you're, you're going to find out later in the late game, like, hey, my deck doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and then by that time, you can't do anything about she it. kicked in the nads. Yeah. But it, it's it's such a good game, and it's not even that expensive either. I I highly recommend if you're into that. And I sort think of, it's out on everything at this point. Yeah, it's it, available in Game Pass. Get it on your Switch. It's fun. You can take it with you if you got like a like a half hour to burn. If you're just waiting around, or if or anything, or you can pause the game too and just continue it later. Just pick it up. Yeah, you and I Seth, recommend it. You and Seth recommended it to me pretty early on, and it's definitely. Like you said, it's not very expensive. 20 15 bucks, whatever I spent. It was money well well spent. Yeah, and, they, and I haven't really played it. I played it for about a month, and I haven't played it since. Like, And you only I, played when there was like two characters yeah, available, Yeah, there right? was two characters, and I never made it through with the second character. I only made it through with the first character. Yeah, so. there's four now. They oh, were planning goodness, on wow. only having three. Like, hey, when the game releases fully, we're going to release this third character, too. They released it already, and they're like, hey, look, we're just going to do this fourth one now. And I think they're going to continue on that track. I don't see why they would slow down. The game's great. Maybe they just do a Slay, slay the Spire 2 for $59.99 US dollars. <laughs> All right, my number three, Jordan, is Crash Bandicoot Nitro Kart. Yeah, and you are crazy with this game. I love Crash Bandicoot, my friend. <laughs> um, it, it blows my mind that a company as scummy as Activision keeps putting out, like, remasters made with such love and care and what's so fascinating about this game is at its core it is a remaster of the very first crash team racing game it has levels from the second crash team racing game in it as well and at this point they've through basically a season pass that is free like you don't ever have to spend money on it but like every month there's like a new there's a new race pass that you can level up and unlock new characters. They put new maps in, a new map in every month. And it's just incredible what they've kept pumping out. Like, it's such a shame that the one big complaint I have with this game is just the online is garbage. Like, it doesn't, you barely stay connected, especially on the Switch, what I own it on. I don't know if it's any better on PlayStation or Xbox. But, um. It's probably because of the Switch. The Switch has terrible online service. But, I mean, I haven't heard much better out of the ps4 like it's definitely better on those other two consoles but not by much but um like i said it's just incredible what they've been able to accomplish by remaking crash and it just shows that this lovable marsupial is just still still holds up in 2019 he was just treated so poorly for so long and that's why people fell out of love with him 
And they've, they've said that the third Crash Team Racing game, which was their Double Dash game, that is going to come at some point, like the maps from it at least. And like I said, they just put so much love and care into it because the second game had like these gravity sections. And since they wanted this to play like the first game, there weren't gravity sections. So they had to redo a lot of those parts of the maps just to make them make sense. And I never really played the second one, so I don't specifically know, but I know especially um, there's a really good, uh, it's a really good Crash Team Racer content maker, Canadian gay, and um, he talks about just how well done those maps are, like how they, how even without the upside down gravity sections of them, they still feel like that map. Oh. And like like I said, it's just a testament. There are. There have been some microtransaction things, but they're pretty cheap, and if you actually play the game, you don't need to do it. I kept up on, like, the first four racing passes, and then it just, you have, it's designed to make you play every day to unlock everything, so I just got to the point where I was like, I, I've got to move on. Yeah, but, I noticed that whenever you came over, you were just doing it just to do your, your daily yeah, thing. But I put, like, I have, like, 50 hours sitting on it, and it was a game that came out this June, so. Good. Definitely got my money's worth out of that one. Jordan, what is your number three? Uh, my and this is going a little, I, I should say real quick, this this conversation is going a little quicker. But again, like, we had our game of the decades, and especially, like, my last two, we're just going to gloss over them because they were both on my top ten games of the decade, so I don't, like... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. spare you the details, and my number one is Monster Hunter Iceborne, and I'm not gonna go into that even more. So I yeah. already have a couple of episodes on yeah, this no, podcast like where that. I talk about that. And definitely, like especially if if for some odd reason this is your first episode listening, hello, thank you for listening. Hello, but definitely would recommend for the rest of my list at least, and obviously your number one. Um, go go back and listen to last week's episode for sure. Because yeah. we talk about our top... The whole episode is just me you, me and you going back and forth between our top ten games of the decade. And it's a good good conversation, but it's not... I don't think it's worth repeating in great detail here because we're just beating a dead horse. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. You're number three. I guess my number three, and I guess this would be number two as well because I, I think I only had a top four. Because for the life of me, I can't remember another game. Well, I unless purchased. it's a double game. Shield was your five. Sword was your four. <laughs> yes, I played Seth's, you know, four games. Three, so this would uh, be sword. your number two. So my number two, it would be Three Houses. Okay, makes And sense. I could say that now that I've completed it, at least one run of it. Uh, it starts off great. It, uh, If anything, the ending is very weird. But at the same time, I think it's one of those games that if you play Especially all of them... Especially get colored in if you finish all of them. Yeah, if you get all of them, it'll probably give you like a final one, maybe. Uh, I know one of the... There's originally four different endings, one for each house. But one of the houses has two uh, paths. And that's the one I chose first. So they made you do a choice right away. Uh, I was just talking with my uh, my house leader or whatever like that. And she's like, hey, can you uh, come with me to the Empire for a second? I gotta, you know... It's something really important is going to happen. And then all of a sudden there's this heartbeat noise and like the screen's going in and out. It's like, this is a choice that would drastically change the the, the direction of, of your playthrough. Uh, do you say yes or no? I'm like, oh God, I was just saying hi to her. Like she's at the lunch table. What the hell is going on? So you had said something last week about how there's a, 
a branching spot in one of the playthroughs that leads to a fourth ending. Do you think you just happen to pick the house that has that split then? Yes. It is that, that's exactly what happened because I was told later by some of my friends, there was like, yeah, that's the house that does it. And it's because of the background of one of the main characters from that house is a reason why it branches off is because it can go in two completely different directions. I'm playing my new game plus now and I'm planning on, I'm doing the same house, but I'm going to go on the, the other path that it had for me. Because there's one choice that you make in there that that changes the game, so and it'll put me down a, diff- a completely different path. But some of the I heard from my friend because she didn't do my house. She did she did both of the other ones, and she hasn't done the uh, the one I'm playing yet. But she was able to follow and get and like the some of the battles were still the same and stuff like that. She's like, oh yeah, I remember that. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, okay, they just switch characters in and out or whatever like yeah, that, sure. or switch locations, and it was pretty much the same battle. So because for a, a majority of the time, you're going down the same like story, just different people, and then it branches out. So has everything I want. It's it's Persona Five with strategy. I love good old dating sims when they're not cringy as heck. I, I like guessing what people want me to say, so that's nice. So yeah, it's it's a solid number two. If my number one wasn't a decade winner, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, my number two, World of Warcraft Classic, went into detail earlier in this episode. I guess again, I beat it. I beat this point home all the time. It's an adventure. It's not just a race to the end. And I don't want people to think that I don't love classic. Because I love it. I just, I don't feel good about putting it on my top whatever list because I haven't played that much of it. But what I have played of it, I, I can completely understand what you're saying about it. Son, we're going to rectify that very soon. Yes, maybe, uh, I mean, not in this year. But when 2020 comes on and, and we're, we're, we're doing hardcore. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> Jordan, your number one then, as of course you've mentioned, is... Iceborne. It's, it's Monster Hunter World Iceborne. It's, it's soaked up all my time. I play with friends or without friends. See episodes one through nine for reason why. <laughs> exactly. You could piece it together. You could put a whole episode of me probably just talking about Monster Hunter World out of all the podcast episodes we've done. And my game of the year, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, as we've talked about before, it just mashes up so many genres that I love and does it very well. And it's Star Wars to boot. And how do you feel about... Uh, I know Video Game Donkey released something about it. He says he can he can't even play the game. That it was that buggy. Again, I played on PC, which seems to be the cleaner version of the game, and mm-hmm. I know he typically tries to play games on console just cuz they're easier to capture. So So we can't really we can't invalidate it by saying like, "Oh, I didn't have those bugs." Yeah, no, like but it's you not, physically didn't have those I, bugs. I can't, so. yeah, like you can't invalidate it if you're having if those issues are that prevalent. Yes, that is a big issue and I can understand why that would bump it down for some people, but I did not have bugs, so I can't speak to them. <laughs> yeah, so you can't lower your own score just because they can't raise theirs. Precisely. And, yeah, like I said, this was just incredible. I feel bad that this game's going to get snubbed because it got pushed into next year's Game of the Year conversation. Yeah. And I'm, it's it's going up against Cyberpunk and Last of Us Part Two. It's It's doomed. I'm, I'm definitely going to shout out for next year's games because this year, I like I said... I was buying older games just to buy them. Like, I bought Bayonetta. Or, like, I've been playing Sims 4, and that released last year or something like that. Breath of the Wild took a huge chunk out of my year. And it was a 2017 hey, game. That was worth it. It was. It's 
I'm I'm still to as we speak right now. I'm still ashamed I didn't put it on my game of the decade because it would have been exactly where you put yours. Number but, two. Yeah, I would have moved over like maybe Mass Effect or something. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of confused. I was going back and listening to last week's episode, and you were all like, "If I had a 1.5, Zelda would be on there." I'm like, and I didn't say anything at the time because I really didn't think about it. But I'm like, wait a minute, like, so it's higher than your number two. So it's not what, and I, I understand. Like you just, you even said it's, you kind of forgot to put it on the yeah. list. But why didn't you just make a number two? I'm yes. like because it's not number two. It's not. It's not number it's two. And it's not number, number one. Two. It's one point five. <laughs> All right, Jordan. What a year! Ten episodes in the bag. I don't want to promise anything for next week, but maybe video. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. I'll work on something too, and yeah. then I'll work on whatever you want me to work on too. Just do it all, please. Do it all. God, put me out of my misery. (laughs) I got a couple days off next week, so we'll see. All right, yeah, so good 2019. Thank you for supporting us as we started our little adventure here. We hope you enjoy, and we'll be back in the new year with a brand new episode. Maybe some new segments so we don't always have to do a topic of the week now that we're running out of, like, guaranteed topics. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say it. I mean, you you do good work, Aaron. You do good work dragging out the dregs of of post E three game award kind of stuff, and which there's nothing. Everything is just lined up very nicely. Like our only like a real filler week has been our top five like PS two games. That yeah. was like the only filler week. But um, my idea if we have to fill anything in, I kind of wanted to start a gaming on a budget like little segment. So. I would love to do that. Maybe we'll talk about that. Excellent. All right. Look forward to it. Until next year, until next decade. Next decade. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jordan. See you guys.